Proverbs chapter 29. I'm going to minister this morning on the vision of the house. And I think I prepared you guys last week that for several weeks, you will hear what I call pastoral messages to just remind us of certain things that God has already said to us so that we may be established in present truth. According to Peter in Second Peter chapter 1. Proverbs 29, and so this morning I'm going to be sharing on the vision of the house. Proverbs 29 verse 18 the Bible says where there is no vision or where there is no revelation, the people perish or the people cast off restraint, but happy is he who keeps the law. Where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint, but happy is he that keeps the law. Again, I'm speaking on the vision of the house. Now, if I was to ask those of us that are here this morning or those that's listening through uh, virtual reality, through streaming, what is the vision at WorkFind? Some of you may know it readily. Others of you may struggle with it. Ah, it's good to see you guys back there. <laughs> King Fem and Ibeya, welcome. Praise God. And so from time to time, it's important for us to remind ourselves what our vision is. So we understand why God is leading us in a particular way other than another way. Many times people will come to the church for the first time or they may join this congregation and they say, oh, well, where I came from, we used to do this and that. Oh, pastor, she will be doing that and that. Good ideas, good intentions, but you must understand that for every house, God has a vision. And the activities in that house must be driven by the God-given vision. So for this house, the vision states we are building strong families that will transform the nations by exercising kingdom dominion everywhere. Amen? That vision statement is actually in three parts. There are three major components in that vision statement. Number one, we are building strong families. What is that? That is who we are. That is who we are. Who are we? We are strong families. You may say, well, I'm not, uh, you know, my family has issues. We're going through some situations. Yeah, that's why you're here. The church is a hospital. The church is a place of remedial. It's a place to get course correction. It's a place to get what you need so you'll be what you ought to be. Amen? Amen? We are not trying to build perfect families. We are trying to build strong families. So we are not saying your family will be blameless. We are just saying in time, you'll be strong, which means you are wholesome, which means husband and wives know how to speak, get along. Parents and children know how to commune and fellowship. Amen? Amen. That means we have developed certain values. And those values are the things that guide us. So building strong families defines who we are. And then the second component of that vision statement says that we transform the nations. 
transforming of the nations describes what we are called to do. So who we are and then what we are called to do or to accomplish our job, our call under God is to transform nations to the degree that you and I are strong families. To that degree, nations will be transformed if we are fulfilling our call under God. Amen? Amen? And the third component of that vision statement says, by exercising kingdom dominion everywhere. So the first part, building strong families, defines who we are. The second part, transforming the nations help us to understand what we are called to do and finally the last part exercising kingdom dominion everywhere describes how we do what we are called to do did you get that if I was to give you a quiz would you pass the who the what and the how. The what? Who? The what? And the how. Now, why is this important? The Bible says in Proverbs 29, 18, without a vision, the people perish. A vision helps to identify and to guide how you use your God's given resources. So, this vision helps us to determine and to allocate whatever resources God brings to us. Amen. This is important. Okay, so now let me, let me just unpack this a little bit. And so you're going to see where you fit in. So, number one, who we are, building strong families. What does that mean? What does that mean? Everything God does in the world is thus through a family member. Everything. The family is the basic building block of every society, every institution, and every nation. As goes the family, so goes the nation. What is happening right now in our nation and now I'm talking about the moral fiber of our nation. What is happening right now in our nation is as a direct result of what's happened to our families. When the families break down, it is only a matter of time the nation breaks down. So if in a family we are lying to one another, if in a family we are fighting with one another, if within a family we lack credibility or integrity, it's only a matter of time because family members are the ones that go to work. So if it's comfortable to lie in your family, when you get to work, what happens? You lie. You cannot be a crocodile at home and a lizard at work. So if lying is acceptable in your family, when you get to work, you lie, and then when you get into government, what happens? You become the master liar. 
So you, can you see the connection, the connectivity? So God says, you know what? Everything God does, the basic building block is the home, the family. Whether you're a father, mother, children, brother, sister, it doesn't matter. When we say the family, I don't want those who are not married, those who are single to feel like they're singled out. No. Even though you may not be married, you still belong in a family. Bible says in Psalm 68 in verse 6 that God places the solitary in families. Second part of that verse says that he releases or rescues prisoners. And the third part of that verse says those who are sinful or rebellious he will deal with them. Three parts. God says the solitary in families. He brings out those who are bound into prosperity. But the rebellious dwell in a dry land. Now, that, that really helps to set up the stage for who we are. Who are we? Number one, you must recognize. God is the one that placed you in whatever family you are in. Whether physically or even spiritually. Particularly physically, you did not get a chance to treat your father or your mother or the family you're going to be in. God did that. And it is God's expectation that as a family, we teach righteousness. Now, this thing where we send our kids to church and expect the church to produce a nice child or a nice girl, it's not God's plan now. You need to understand that. Now, the church does its part. We help. We teach. We aid. But the primary responsibility of raising family belongs to the home. Not the church. Or school, for that matter. It belongs to the home. Okay? So, we also saw in Psalms 68, verse 6, the second part says, he rescues those that are in prison. How does he do that? Who does he use to do that? Families. Individuals. In Genesis chapter 14, when uh, the, the message we saw last week, that we preached from last week, when Abraham had to go rescue his nephew, Lord, Abraham belonged to what? A family. So whatever God does, he does it through family. So in a family, we are teaching the word of God, we are praying, we are being established in righteousness, and hopefully we listen and we take heed. But that last part of that verse 6 talks about how for those who are rebellious or sinful, they dwell in a desert or dry place. It is our expectation as we teach in this house that our families will be whole, that our families will prosper, that our families will live in peace, that our families will have joy, that our families will make progress, that our families will be established, that we will experience all of the wonderful blessings of God. But you must also understand that we are not God. And therefore, all we can do is give it to you, and it's up to you to heed and use what God is giving you. And when you choose not to do that, there's a place called a dry place. God helps us that none of us fall in that place in Jesus' name. Because we are all going to be obedient. We are all going to hear the word of God. We are going to function and do the word of God. Amen? So we are building strong families. That happens through discipleship and through training and just understanding what and who we ought to be. Second part of that vision statement. 
talks about what we are called to do, and that is the transformation of nations. Let's go to Genesis chapter 20, 28. Now, when we came up with this statement years ago, some of us some of us became concerned that we changed the vision of the church to become a family church and that we've abandoned or gone away from our missions DNA. That is absolutely falsehood. If you understand what God is doing here. You cannot be engaged in missions or evangelism if you're not a human being. God does not send angels to the mission field. He sends human beings. And so if you and I will become the representative of God on the field, either locally or globally, we have to bring certain things to the... We don't want to go out and curse people because we are dysfunctional at home. Amen? So no. So, so what I'm saying to you is the call of God to reach out to the world is very valid and is a part of who we are, but you cannot do that if you are dysfunctional at home. If you are dysfunctional at home and you're going out to do that, what do you become? A hypocrite. Then the proverb that they gave to Jesus, physician heal thyself, comes to play. Now, does that mean we must be perfect or blameless before we share? No. No. Not at all. But look at what God told Jacob. Genesis, Genesis 28 verse 14. Genesis 28 verse 14. Also your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth. You shall spread abroad to the west and the east, to the north and the south. And in you, Jacob, and in your seed, another transition seed, and in your family, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So this is what's happening. Embedded within the calling of being a strong family is the call to be a blessing to the nations. They go hand in hand. They are not exclusive of one another. I do not have the time to establish this properly for you this morning. You will see that God kept Joseph in Egypt until the family became healed, until the family became whole, in order for them to bless the nations. He kept Joseph in Egypt, brought the rest of the family, they became reconciled, they became strengthened, and from that point on, the nation of Israel was born. Amen? Amen. So, so we are called to transform nations. Every family, truly, truly, should prayerfully consider what aspect of God's work is God calling my family to be involved in. I spoke to a family a couple of weeks ago. They blessed my socks off. And we're gonna, I'm going to bring them before you shortly. I've, 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 I've prepared them. I've told them that the last warning I would give them was the day they spoke to me. But I will not put it on them today. But they gave me this beautiful picture of how, as a family, the courses they took in school, the employment they're in, 
how they bring it all together for the purpose of advancing the kingdom of God. I almost fell off my chair. Yeah. You see, because we are thinking that we just exist. Husband, you are an IT engineer. Wife, you are a general electric engineer. And kids, you're going to be an accountant. You're a lawyer. And Really? Now, those things are good. But what I'm saying to us is we don't make that determination apart from the total, complete revelation of God to your family. That's why we are so stressed out. There's no cohesiveness of purpose. Husband goes this way, wife goes this way, children are in 19 different directions. And we can never come together. And we wonder why. Because we have never asked God, God, what, has you called, what have you called this family to do? What is it, God, that you are doing that my family can get involved in and be a part of it? <laughs> Deep. Years ago, when my kids were young, they are here. I used to tell them, I'm not buying a house in America. Forget a house. When you go to school and your, kids and your friends are talking about houses, let them know. You are not living in a house. Because the vision of God for this household right now does not cover that. Because there was fire in my bones to just be raised up and go forth. And therefore, I did not feel at that point I could take the responsibility of ownership to keep a house. Every morning, am I talking? talking. (laughs) I would sit them down and they would back and forth to me what is the vision of the household. And what were we called to do? Just so they don't go to school and some uh, heathen teacher begins to fill their minds with another vision. Because you see, there's no vacuum in the spirit. What you don't write, somebody else will write in it. No vacuum. No vacuum. And then, of course, when that changed, when God gave me a redirection, and I came back to them. Amen? Amen. So what I'm saying to us is, yes, God wants to build us as strong families. But there's a reason for that. God is not building you to be strong family so we can make the strong family an end in itself. No. He wants you to be a strong family because in and through your strength as a family, he wants to accomplish a purpose. So you don't go around with a badge of honor. I have three kids. One is a doctor, an engineer, a lawyer, and praise God. God is good to us. How is God good to you? If you are not pushing his bottom line, what he wants to see done, you are living on your own. And you don't have to be a Christian to do that. Heathens, unbelievers, sons of Ishmael, they are being lawyers, engineers, and accountants. So what's the difference? What's the difference? So you rack all the degrees, put them on the wall, and you're doing the exact same thing as the sons of Ishmael. Your life has not become a benefit to God and his kingdom. You are doing the exact same thing as ISIS is doing. What's the difference? God forbid. That would not be our portion in Jesus' name. The nations, God has the nations in his heart. He wants every soul, every man, every woman under the sound of his voice to hear his name and glorify him. 
and he will not rest until that happens. All the ends of the earth shall bow down and worship before him, the Bible says. Or rather, all the ends of the earth shall remember his name and all the, all the kingdoms of the nation shall bow down before him. Why? Because the kingdom is the Lord's and is the governor among the nations. So we are who we are, strong families, because we have been called to transform nations. Third part, how? How is this going to happen? How does God intend for this to happen? Ois Hillman, a very, how can I describe him? He's a strong, strong author, lives in Atlanta. He said this, only 3% of the body of Christ will be called into what you and I know as full-time vocational ministry. 3%. Think about that. 3%. 1, 2, 3. 3! So if 3 are called into full-time vocational ministry, what happens to the 97%? They just come to church. We collect their offerings. They sing a song and send them out of the door until the next time they give again. Is that God's plan? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. God did not call the 3% and ignore or write off the 97%. Because we know that God is a good and faithful steward. He will never do that. He calls 100%. The only difference is the platform through which our ministries are expressed. Please give me 1 Corinthians chapter 16. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 15. 1 Corinthians 16, verse 15. I don't know if if it's the heat that's on or what. It's 72 degrees outside. We still have heat. Pardon me? It's cool enough? Look at what this is. I urge you, brethren, you know the household of Stephanas, or family of Stephanas, that it is the first fruits of Achaia, and that they have devoted themselves to the ministry of what? Ah, voila. Ministry of the saints. This is what we have. Dr. Hamby has spent his entire life preaching this message, but the church is not hearing. There are two ministries in the church. What I'm doing right now is called ministry to the saints. I'm talking to you. But the expectation from God is that the saints to which ministry have come will embrace the ministry of the word, locate themselves, and say, ah, this is my part, that's my part, and they go out to do the ministry of the saints. So there's ministry that comes to the saints, and there's ministry that's expected of the saints. So every saint is a minister. Please say that to me. Say every saint. Every 
is a minister. You just got ordained. Praise God. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Every saint is a minister. Every saint. God did not just call the three percent and say, okay, you guys are the elite. And that was the Old Testament method. Today, the Bible calls it the priesthood of believers. Every believer, a priest. But where we function as a priest is the difference. Some will have a pulpit ministry. Others will have a ministry to the marketplace. Others will be on your jobs. Others will be as God leads you. So what I'm saying to, to, to you is we are, we, we are called to exercise kingdom authority. Every place, everywhere you go. That's our mission. Who are we? Strong families. What are we called to? To transform nations. How are we going to do it? By exercising kingdom dominion everywhere. So every day you go to work. Every day you go to work. You understand that my job is a platform for ministry. Every day. Every day. You guys have more opportunity for ministry than I do. Every single day, God is bringing people around your job, around your businesses, around you, who the Spirit of God is moving upon your heart through various means. People who are vulnerable, whose ears are open to hear something good that will change their lives. And God says, you and I have received the ministry of reconciliation. The word of reconciliation is placed in our mouths. Amen? Amen. So I'm bringing this message this morning so we can understand who we are, who we've been uniquely called to be, and what God has called us to accomplish for him. We are strong families. So our families have been discipled. What's our mission? To transform nations. So that means some of us will go abroad, others will not have to go abroad. We do it here, right here at home. But wherever we are, wherever we find ourselves, we are like Joshua. Every place where the sole of our feet sets upon, we possess. But it will not happen if we don't, if we're not conscious of that mindset. If I'm thinking I go to work, I've, I've just got a wonderful promotion, brother. So I'm, so I'm at work now, I have a fat, big desk. Big desk. All kinds of gadgets. And I'm thinking of the paycheck. Now I understand everybody that comes around, around, around me is a ministry uh, uh, opportunity. That's the mindset we must have. Asking God every day, Joe, Jack, Sally, June, Susan, that's around me, God, how do you want to speak to them today? What words are you placing in my mouth for them today? I know God, you sent me here to be a blessing to these people. What do you want me to say that will change their world? To be conscious of that every day, ah, you will never be bored. You will never be bored. Amen? Amen. So, uh, let's go to Daniel chapter 12. I'm, I'm done. Daniel chapter 12. Amen. Amen. Verses 21 and 22. Daniel 12. There's no Daniel 12? Ah. Oh, 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 oh. Okay. There's just no 21 on here, too. 
when he said there's no Daniel 12, I said, ah, what happened to my Bible? <laughs> Did I just add? <laughs> ah, okay. Is it? This is a passage of scriptures that talks about how the ancient of days, the saints of the, I've got it marked in my Bible. Ah. Wow, excuse me for a minute. That's what I wrote down. Ah, thank you. Genesis 7? 7. Correct. Genesis 7. Verse 21. Genesis 7, verse 21. I was watching, and the same horn was making war against the saints and prevailing against them. Until the ancient of days came. Has the ancient of days has he come? Yes. Yes, he has come. Jesus has come. Amen? Amen. And a judgment was made in favor of the saints of the Most High. Has a judgment been made in your favor? Absolutely. He has come and he's made a judgment in your favor. And so what will happen? And a time came for the saints to possess the kingdom. Amen. Amen. It's a time to possess the kingdom. There are many realms in the kingdom through which we can possess and uh, establish the purpose of God. You can do it in church. You can do it in your families. You can do it through politics. You can do it through businesses. You can do it through media. You can do it through, through um, um, creative arts. And you can do it through, um, which one did I miss out? Education. So what I'm saying to you is, whichever area you find yourself functioning right now, understand that God is building you as a family so that the nations can be transformed. How are we going to know when we're a strong family? How do we know? We know we're a strong family when every day when you go to work, things are happening. When you are awakened to the consciousness of who you are, and you're working and exercising the authority that God has conferred on you, you know that you're some family. Amen? Father, this is a tall order. We are recalibrating ourselves, bringing us into alignment with your purpose and your vision for this house, building us a strong families, husbands loving their wives, wives respecting their husbands, parents nurturing, protecting, caring for their children, children that would honor their parents in the Lord for this is right, a command that carries the blessings of God, household who has come to terms with the purpose of God for their household. 
And so, Father God, I pray in Jesus' name that we will have the conversation in our homes. Come to an understanding of what you are calling us to be and how we are galvanizing your resources to be in that household. Thank you, my Lord God, that the nations are waiting for us. You said that you place eternity in their hearts, a divinely sense of purpose that you plan.